there and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. We've been away for a month, but that hasn't stopped the transfer business at St James's Park. As you would expect, Newcastle have been very busy indeed. Uh, we've got Lee Ryder over in Germany for the pre-season tour there. We've got Chris Woff down in Whitby. And today here in Newcastle, I'm joined by Mark Douglas and Stu Jameson. Um, Mark, we'll jump straight in with your kind of take on on the transfer business so far and maybe specifically the, the, the newest boy in Mikel Mourinho uh, yeah Marine Marino yeah well we, I tell you what we'll have to we'll have to get we'll have to get that one uh, that one sorted out uh, yeah it's been an interesting summer hasn't it it's um, certainly not gone the way that I thought it was going to go I don't think it's gone the way that Rafa thought it was going to go I don't think it's gone the way that Lee Charney thought it was going to go either so um, I, there was some quite interesting. It was really interesting to read what came out of the Rafa Benitez Q and A yesterday, which I think was fascinating and a real insight into the mind of the manager at the moment. He was very kind of. I think it was really it was really interesting to kind of see how positive Rafa was about the start of the season. I think he's desperate to get football back on the agenda um, because he just misses. I think a he just misses it because he's, he's a kind of football mad guy, but also. I think this has been a really difficult transfer window for Newcastle. I think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors at Newcastle at the moment. I think there's a takeover situation rumbling away in the background. I'm not saying that there's anything imminent there at all. I don't think there's actually um, that's going to happen this summer. But I think that that has had an impact. I think that um, Newcastle's uh, have found themselves a lot less able to compete with other teams in the Premier League than possibly Rafa thought at the start of the summer, um, and that I thought at the start of the summer as well. I didn't. I wasn't anticipating quite the level of wages, quite the level of transfers that, that um, on players like Nathan Ackley, £25 million, Jermaine Defoe getting a better deal than he was on at Sunderland at Bournemouth two years later. Uh, it's just absolutely incredible. So I think that Newcastle had to recalibrate pretty quickly from where they were, where they thought they'd be. I think that Rafa had targets in mind in March, April. And they've had to recalibrate. I think the, the uncertainty around Graham Carr's future has had an impact as well. And possibly we thought it was going to be a lot smoother than it has been. Um, I know that Rafa's making really positive noises right now, but there's no doubt that he, he was frustrated. I, d- I never thought he was going to walk away. I never, ever thought he was going to walk away. I thought he'd have a bit more money than he's had to spend at the moment. I think we will see more money spent by Newcastle as well. Um, but it's been a complicated summer. So it has been really fraught, I think, in a lot of ways. But I feel like the last few days have certainly seen a change in the mood music at Newcastle. Um, Mikel Mourinho is a real a real kind of turning point for Rafa. I think whilst he wasn't necessarily a priority target, I think Rafa can see in this guy the chance to play the system that he wants, which will be a double pivot with John Joe Shelby given the freedom to kind of create two defensive midfielders. So probably Hayden and Mourinho playing as the kind of that defensive double pivot. And it's all down to bringing in a player about Mourinho. Rafa, Rafa was never particularly bothered about bringing in stars this summer. I don't think it was going to be that they were going to be trying to get players who were going to put bombs on seats because he wants to bring in players who can play his system and contribute this season. I think he said that actually um, a few times this summer already. So the players that he's brought in, he's brought in to do a job. And um, yeah, I like, I like Mourinho. I think, I think Murphy, Jacob Murphy's a good, a good addition as well. I'd like to see them get a bit more Premier League experience and I'd like to see them bring a, a real top quality striker in as well. Somebody who can, who's scored goals, who's got a, a tradition of scoring goals as well because that's where they, 
that's where they failed last time out. They were actually probably good enough to stay in the Premier League if they'd have scored another 20 goals, 10, 15 goals. They would have been safe safer by the end of the season, but they didn't have that in their locker. And I think that's a massive, massive impact. So loads of work still to do in the transfer window. They need three or four at least. They definitely need a striker. Um, but at the moment, for how they've recalibrated their sights, it's okay. I think the business, Rafa's quite happy with it because it gives him a chance to play what he's third. But um, yeah, an interesting summer. I don't. I wouldn't sort of say, oh, it's nine out of ten. You know, it's not got bombs off seats so far, has it? But by the same token, Rafa's happy with it. They've got a very good manager, and that's the top and bottom of it. As long as they can keep Rafa, and as long as he's happy, and as long as he's formulating plans for next season, I'm going to feel confident that they're going to stay up. But those the signings are not the ones that we thought they were going to get and they're not the ones that Rafa's going to get. So that's important to remember that because I think a lot of people are now saying, oh, well, it was always going to be a difficult summer and stuff. Mm. No, it wasn't. The way that things have developed, it's now looking like it's going to be a difficult summer. But Newcastle have been have adapted quite well to it. So, you know, loads of grey areas. Loads of grey areas. Do that, one of the things was for Rafa, a bit of a, maybe a culture shock in a way because he obviously he's been at Liverpool been at Madrid where maybe he's got the targets he's wanted money's maybe not necessarily been one of those things that's coming to his head he knows if he wanted this player he could go out and get him do you think he's had to change his, his attitude his approach I think so I, I don't think that's necessarily the fault purely of Newcastle United's not giving him the money I think not many people anticipated just how crazy the transfer window would be this summer um, some of the fees being quoted for players who've got very little history I think is is unbelievable. I think that's caught Newcastle on the hop, but perhaps they should have been more prepared for that. I don't know. You actually look at the signs they made, and they fit into the Mike Ashley blueprint perfectly. Young players who, possibly with a, a good few seasons in the Premier League, will have a massive sell-on value. So I think I think Ashley at the minute will be absolutely delighted with how the transfer window has gone. Yeah, it's a really good point that somebody made to me uh, on Twitter was that like if Newcastle was signing an under-21 international from um, Manchester City who'd played nine times last season but had played in the Euros with England and had a really good reputation at, um, uh, you know, in, in the championship they'd be paying £15 million in this market Tammy Abraham is what Tammy Abraham yeah. well I mean the Tammy Abraham deal is a perfect one now I've been told that um, there was a clause in potentially in that deal that meant that he had to play 75% of the games for Newcastle United and if they didn't there would be a huge fee that Newcastle would, be pay, would have to pay now would you do that because we don't know you know, we don't know whether he's going to be any whether he's going to be any good or not. And if he doesn't play the seventy five percent of the games, Newcastle could have been looking at an eight figure fee to get Tammy Abraham on loan for one season if things didn't work out. That's a heck of a lot of money. Swansea are happy to do it, Swan, uh, and I think Rafa would have probably been happy to do it because he felt he was a good player. But the market's just ridiculous. Chelsea, Chelsea uh, have loaned what five players out yeah, to Premier League teams. Well, interesting on Chelsea. You mentioned our last podcast podcast about Bachwari, he's had a good pre-season, he's clearly not fancied by Quante, is that, have you heard any more? Uh, no, I've not heard any, I've not heard anything in terms of actually that move progressing, but I, I know that they're keen on him and I know they're keeping a real watchful eye on him. Now I think they probably, the club probably would see that as worth, you know, that kind of money and they probably would do, they probably would do that deal, but um, I don't think we're any further forward on that one, I know a lot of fans are getting really excited about it, it is certainly somebody that they're interested in. Um, but he wants to play for Chelsea. I think probably he's in, he's another level up from the ones that they are loaning out at the moment because he's probably first team ready. I mean, they, they're going to be competing on four fronts next season. So will they let him out? I don't know. They probably if they get another striker in, they probably will. You know, 
but they, they, I mean, if they've got no budgetary constraints whatsoever, have they? they don't need to get those players out. The reason that they're putting those players out on loan is simply because to increase their sell-on values. So if they sell them, then that's how they generate money. And on strike, guys, we've got a question on Twitter from Rob Smythe, who says, you know, is there anyone else on the ra- radar that you've heard about? Obviously, Andrea Gray's a name that continuously pops up. Anyone else? Uh, well, Gray's an interesting one because I, I was told that, that in the first set of meetings that they had that he was 100% a... Uh, a target and that they were really interested in him now subsequently been told that Rafa's not overly convinced he sort of sees a few things in there that he'd like to that he, you know that, that he's not 100% convinced on but you know whether that changes but again he'll be really expensive so I'm not sure about Gray um, the striker one's really interesting I think they might look abroad I think I think they might have to because the money to sign a British striker is huge I mean even the players coming up from the championship I mean um Fletcher's just signed for Borough for seven and a half million pounds. Couldn't get a game at West Ham. You know, it's a lot of money that. And, and if we're talking about Newcastle potentially having to sell to buy, what I think would be really interesting. Uh, and a few people picked up on it on Twitter. I, I said that the big deals were still to come. What I meant was the important detail. The important de- deals were still to come. Not necessarily a twenty-five, thirty million pound striker, because I don't think, don't think they're going to do that. Um, but. It might be that if they sell Mitrovic, there could be some money there. There could be some money there. But they'll have to then probably, I think, buy two. So the striker's the big deal. The striker is the big deal that probably makes or breaks this transfer window. If they buy a good one and they get bringing somebody who can really score goals, then I think they're going to be all right. But again, Newcastle have been... We knew who the first set of targets were. We reported on them quite a lot. And I don't think they got any of them, actually. I think they maybe they got Lejeune, sorry, who was, the, who was one of them. Didn't get any of them. The second set of targets, there's been a few names in there that are, that are accurate, but um, it's probably going to be, I think there might be one or two surprises in there as well. Um, so, yeah, I, and I think at the moment there's not a lot of heat around strikers, and that's probably partly because they're not that far ahead on, on them at the moment, is from my understanding, although stuff could move quickly. Um, but, yeah, a few names in there. That I, you know, I mentioned a few in the in the week. I think they were looking at, um, it's not striker as such, but Patrick Roberts was one that they... I looked out, it was Man City, um, and a few. Yeah, there's a few others. I mean, Gray is. I don't. I don't think Gray's necessarily going to happen at the moment, but I think he'd be a good signing if they if they brought him in. Stu Mitrovic, you know, he scored. He scored mm-hmm. a couple this season. Uh, this preseason, rather. I mean, where do you see his future? Is it is it away from from Tyneside? Well, he took the armband as well, didn't he, the other day? So, which I thought was interesting. He's come back and he looks quite lean. He looks quite fit in preseason. Which I think is good. He's he's got a lot to do, I think, to to convince Rafa that he's good enough for the Premier League. Scored nine goals last. Scored nine goals in the in a relegation campaign, though. You know, he did. I just don't think he looks. There's certain strikers like Dwight, when Dwight Gale goes out on the pitch, he looks like he's got goals in him every time. I'm not sure you can say the same of Mitrovic. Mm. He, he brings other things into the into the game, of course. Um, his aerial ability. I think his link up play is pretty good. Actually, mm. his hold up play is excellent. But especially in the Premier League, when chances are going to be at a premium, I don't think he takes them enough. For, for Rafa, mm-hmm. I think personally, I, I like Mitrovic, I'd like to see him stay at Newcastle. Is it a case that the system that Rafa likes to play, likes to set up with, isn't that beneficial to the way Mitrovic would probably reach? Still get, he, still, he still likes to play with wingers, you get crosses in, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And he's brought um, Murphy in. And, and, Murphy's, and Murphy is quick and can get the ball into the box as well. And, and I think that's what Rafa probably wanted a bit more of that last season than, than we saw. Um, they'll probably bring in another winger as well I think 
I think they, they will bring in another winger, and I think it will be a it'll be a really interesting way that they play next season because I think he'll probably be better suited to the Premier League in some way. I think Rafa likes to trust his players, doesn't he? He needs to know that everything he talks mm. about and meticulously plans, they will do their yeah. utmost to, yeah, that's, to, that's to do on the pitch. On, yeah. And the, the, obviously, the things happen during a match which you can have no control over. So Rafa has to have control over what he sends his players out to do, what they're being trained to do. And, and rightly or wrongly, I think he feels that perhaps that doesn't quite reflect in the way Mitrovic plays. Fantastic. So obviously Mitrovic might be playing for his future then within the next kind of pre-season games. Obviously they're over in Germany. We have uh, Lee Ryder and Lewis Arnold over there. They'll be covering this weekend's game. The first one is against Maine. So we'll just got a little bit of uh, audio from the lads over in Germany. Really, what are you expecting from the match tomorrow? Well, a much bigger test than Bradford City the other night. No disrespect to Bradford, but mine's top one just the outfit they can they can mix it with the best teams uh, in the top division here in Germany so it's going to be a, an interesting game I think when you look at what Newcastle have done so far they've mixed and matched a lot of the players getting 45 minutes here 45 minutes there into the legs of the players but now they need to start getting a more structured lineup. you know something that we're going to see in place for that first game against Tottenham which is now you know just a just a couple of weeks away now it's going to be a big one at St James's Park so things are starting to get serious but Rafa Benitez seems to be getting the players in who he wants to get in positions are being filled obviously wants more than he's got but looking forward to tomorrow's game I think it's going to be a big step up temperatures will be soaring here in Germany bit of support starting to filter through we've just got our minds here I think most of the fans are heading to Frankfurt first so there could be some uh, interesting scenes there later on tonight for them but for us here in Mainz we get prepared for the game and look forward to seeing the latest test for Rafa Benitez uh, so there we have it Lee thinks that the game on Saturday will be a much bigger test than the lads possibly faced so far this pre-season no disrespect to your Bradford Moore <laughs> um, but he would like to start seeing a bit of more structure Played the like, kind of the team that might start against Spurs. Do you think that's that's quite important to do to, to start getting? Yeah, that definitely. And I think that's that's most clubs do that, don't they? As the as the summer evolves, they get closer and closer to the first team that's going to be starting that first match, or at least the sort of fifteen players that are that are going to be in his mind. Um, I think we'll expect to see that over over the trip to Germany. Uh, three more games still to go, of course, before the, the season starts for Newcastle. But you, you'd start to get the feeling that the experiment stops and more the, the how he wants to set up as we'll, we'll see mm-hmm. that happen um, whether that means that it'll be interesting to see if they play, continues to play three centre-halves or experiment with that again and two wing-backs have got the players to do it um, but obviously now's the time to do it you don't want to be experimenting halfway through the Tottenham game of of, of, um, of different formations um, but yeah you would, you would expect it to be a bit more of a, of a starting eleven. and against Bradford it was quite the first half team was, was maybe the team that we might see against Spurs for, for, give or take one or two yeah. players obviously Sales out injured at the moment but it, for me it, it looked like the team that he might actually start yeah I think I think there'll be I think there'll be a couple of new additions ideally for Rafa in, in there um, good to see Richie back because I think he's going to be key next season as well um, but yeah I, I mean you know they, they were pretty relentless against Bradford you know who I mean Newcastle will have to Go through several several gears, I think, to, to you know to play in the Premier League. But they looked as if they had a bit of rhythm, um, and you know, Rafa's they're doing a lot of work on the training ground at the moment. They are doing you know double sessions every day. You know, Rafa's this is when Rafa does his this is when Rafa does his work for the season. You know, in the, in the summer, don't forget. You know, he's 
he's, he's doing a lot of work. He's doing a lot of work there, and they, they are looking at different things. They're tweaking things slightly um, behind the scenes, from what I understand. They're looking at changing things to play next season to be a little bit more um, dominate possession a little bit more, get a bit more possession. Because I think last season, you know, they didn't necessarily need to be that comfortable with the ball because they know if you lose the ball in the championship, you're going to win it back quite quickly because that's how it works. The Premier League possession is nine tenths of the law you know you need to be on it and I think that's what that's why the, the midfield's so important for them as well um, but yeah it looks, it looks very similar to the first 11 it'd be really interesting to see if Jacob Murphy plays because he's a very different player from Johan Gufran who was playing left midfield last season you know um, a lot more exciting it has, I think he's got a real talent there um, and like Marino real talent you know with potential to kind of to get better and stuff but of course the problem the problem is a little bit sometimes when you bring in young players like that they need to be in a winning team because if they're in a losing team sometimes it's very difficult to make an impact um, but Marino's played sorry uh, Murphy's played a lot of games last mm-hmm. season you know um, the championship's a lot harder physically I think than the Premier League um, and Marino's you know Marino's come from a club with massive expectations as well so you know two decent signings I, I can't say at the moment that that starting eleven makes me 100% confident they're going to go and beat Tottenham. But, you know, again, it's down to the manager, isn't it? You know, if, if it was Steve McLaren with that first eleven, I'd be, like, really worried. But Rafa's, you know, we've learned over the last year that, that sometimes, and this is a good good lesson that all fans probably kind of, you know, and, and us as journalists as well should kind of realise this. You know, the, the team could sometimes be miles more than the sum of its parts because Newcastle had a better man-for-man team the last time they went down in the Premier League, in my opinion, but it wasn't a team. It was a collection of individuals at times. This is a better team, definitely, This is in terms of a team. And for, don't forget, when Newcastle came up last time, they only signed Hatton Van Arthur, Czech Tioti, with the two, I think, was it? I can't remember who. I can't remember them signing anybody yeah. else. Was it, did they, who else did they have? Did they have Sol Campbell that, that summer as well? They had Sol Campbell as well, but obviously he wasn't fit. He wasn't ready to play. Um, they didn't bring in a lot. You know, it turned out that Ben Arthur was absolutely fantastic. And Teoti was, you know, brilliant in that first season as well. Um, but we didn't know anything about Teoti. Ben Arthur, obviously, we did know about, you know, great player. Um, but Newcastle didn't add a lot in that, in that summer. Um, so, you know, it's, it, sometimes it's, it sort of surprises you a little bit. Huddersfield have got a lot of new players. It's going to take a while for them to gel. You know, they've they've kind of disrupted a little bit the spirit. I think that, that maybe they came up with. Although I think they'll do all right. Um, but yeah, it re- it's a real interesting one. I, I kind of don't want to commit to be. I don't being a bit. I don't want to commit too much at the moment because I, I've been there in the past where we thought in 2015 they did some really good business, and then they got relegated. This time, you know, it looks like they're doing some smart business. But whether they're doing enough or whether you know, considering the challenge that it's a harder division. They're going into in terms of at the top, but below that, I'm not sure the quality is huge. Well, like Rafa said last night at the talk, and he said, You know, judge me at the end of the season. Yeah. So I suppose that's kind of the mantra you've got to go along. Yeah. But for the fringe players, do you obviously the two games in Germany and the final one in St. James is next Friday, is it? Saturday? S- uh, Sunday. Sunday, is it? We'll get there eventually. Yeah. We'll be there at the right day. Um, but they've got a lot to prove, you know, Savier and the likes of him. I mean, they probably know their features are, are over on Tyneside, but there are a few other fringe players who. You know, it's it's getting down to the wire now. I mean, definitely as someone like CM Diong, I think is is and and he has seems to have taken his chance so far in preseason to to at least put himself into Rafa's thinking. Um, there were no, he's been looking for that number ten role for a long time. Didn't really find it last season. Um, or Perez, I thought came on strongly at the end of the season. To be fair to him, 
Um, but someone like that, whether Shelby is going to be playing in a more advanced role now that they've got Marino and uh, Isaac Hayden can play in the, the more defensive roles, um, I think that would be interesting. But yeah, there's, I think pre-season offers a chance for everybody because there's a chance to put yourself in the shop window if nothing else, isn't it? Um, the worst case scenario is that you're not going to stay at the club you are, so you might as well show everyone what you've got. And there's obviously a lot of players that Benitez needs to get rid of, not just on a finance kind of wise, just for squad size. I mean, who are the names that you will... Is it Geneva Mark? Um, all the kind of usual suspects, a bit of a bomb squad developing as well, isn't there? Um, Cruel's completely out in the cold. Um, and I think a lot of people, that's the one thing I think that a lot of people say in this summer is, you know... It, Rath has been ruthless with mm. Tim Krul. Um Carl Darlow's never really, really seen Krul play. Well, not for no. Newcastle anyway. No, no, no. I think the issue for Krul is probably that um, he'll be on big wages. I would have thought. You know, he signed a new new contract last summer, um, but he'll be on big wages, and it'll probably be a case of you know, needing to move a few of them out. Um, yeah, I think I think we'll definitely you know probably seen the last of Hydara. Riviere's not going to play for Newcastle ever again. Um, Krul's going to go. Um, Grant Hanley won't won't play next season um, he'll go as well it's a question of whether some of these are going to go, end up going out on loan or whether they're going to be permanent deals because you know the, the, the problem is with the players in the championship I've seen a great quote by Mick McCarthy today um, calling call himself a pillock because he uh, he asked inquired about bringing in Ashley Fletcher who's just signed for Borough on loan for Ipswich and he's like oh you know teams in the championship are spending seven and a half million my budget's two, be- two magic beans kind of thing um, and that's the problem isn't it For there's only maybe three or four clubs in the championship who could afford the wages of some of these players but um, yeah so I think that they need to get those players out I think there is definitely movement there agents have been told agents have been informed that there's you know mandates have gone out to selling clubs and things so um, we'll see some movement there I think but um, yeah three weeks Three weeks to two weeks, sorry, to the start of the season. Three, no, three weeks to the start of the season. Five or four weeks until the transfer window goes. So a lot to do in a month. I think. I think. Like, I think the difference. Going back to what you said about the season that Newcastle got relegated, when they did make some interesting signings, is that this year Rafa has identified how he wants to play, identified the gaps in his squad he needs to fill, be that at first team level or backup level and gone out and tried to sign those players. I think when players like when Yaldon was signed two seasons ago, yeah, cracking player, but then Steve McLaren spent the first half of the season trying to wedge yeah. Sissoko and when Yaldon into the same team when it clearly wasn't working. It worked once against Norwich. And it was just too many good players. Right, These are good players. Let's try and get them in the team. Instead of actually, this is how we want to set up. They signed about the four number 10s, didn't they? They yeah. signed about four number 10s at one point. They had like... They had De Jong, they had um, Tovan who could play there, they had Cabela who was like, you know, nobody ever really worked out where Cabela played. No, uh, you know, just just signed them because they were good players. Yeah. It, was, it was a strange one, really. It was a strange one. And I do think that that is the case that Rafa is, you know, he's, look, he's completely in control of recruitment. Might not be getting exactly the players that he wants, but he's completely in control of recruitment and he has been now for um, a whole, you know, a whole year at Newcastle United, which is a big sea change. But it's, I think it's probably dawned on us a little bit this summer that it's a much longer term job than it possibly first looked like. It looked like the Premier League getting promoted to the Premier League in, back in May was going to be the start of something pretty. You know, it, it looked like there was going to be a real pace behind this this kind of like revolution, if you will, and it was going to kick on really, really strongly. Um, but for various reasons, that's not happened. But the indication from Rafa, which is real positive, is that he's sort of recalibrated his expectations a little bit, and it's like, right, let's go, 
and now he's asking the fans to get behind them and to, to get on board so I think what you'll probably see for the next few weeks is Rafa and certainly before the start of the season spelling that out a little bit more publicly this is what you know look we are up against it I think he'll start to make it a bit of a um, a bit of a kind of siege mentality we are up against it we are Newcastle United but we're up against these massive clubs I need everybody behind us and then we're it'll be that kind of thing of like turning every you know making everybody in Newcastle aware of the fact that look we need to we need to be united here because we're going up against some of the richest clubs in the world and we haven't got that money and we are but we are Newcastle United and I think it'll be kind of an effective rallying cry that will that will turn the mood on Tyneside really positive before the season starts provided you know that everything happens as we hope it does and then during the season and it will be like you know look Spurs I think it will be like a great atmosphere um, and I think it will be a really really like kind of blood pumping kind of game that one like the, the last one in the Premier League yeah and the, and the last one the, the funnily enough like a lot of games where Newcastle needed the crowd last season the, the crowd were there I mean the problem was that there were some occasion, long occasions in the season it was a long attritional season where the crowd were not you know probably thought well we should be winning this we're, we're kind of one nil up or whatever and it was quite tough you're going to have to be on on everybody every game this next season because there is no easy game there is no easy game next year and I know it's a dreadful cliche but it's it's absolutely true you know you could say that there were a lot of easy games last year on paper for Newcastle they just needed you know, Rafa said himself didn't he our biggest enemy is ourselves our biggest opponent is ourselves well I think next season the biggest opponent is probably the one in front of them um, so they'll need everything going for them but you know it's going to be it's really interesting because there's I think you know there's a load of different themes running through this summer and you know I think if we're being honest it's been quite tough sometimes to track the exact theme that's happening because we're hearing a lot of things from different people and um, you know it's 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 interesting you know it, a lot's changed in the summer actually in a very short space of time grown cars gone which is massive for Newcastle um, but um, but yeah I think we'll see a very different Newcastle United next season from the one that ended the season last at the end of last season um, and they'll be better and obviously one thing that may change or looks like it will change will be the goalkeeper situation so we've spoken to former United keeper Steve Harbour so he has what he had to say the thing with Freddie is he's had obviously had a wonderful summer and a wonderful achievement um, but Freddie needs to play and is he ready to come and play week in and week out in the Premier League um, I, I would say probably not Freddie would probably disagree knowing him but I think the best thing for Freddie is to go and play now, go and play week in, week out. Um, he's just had a good spell at Kilmarnock, so whether he goes now into the Championship or top end of League One or whatever, but go and play, go and get used to the demands, physical, mental, tactical demands of playing week in, week out, two games a week, because he'll mature mentally and physically by doing that. If you bring him here, keep him as a second or third choice, then he's not going to be able to move on. So there, yeah, he was talking about Freddie Woodman and whether you know the youngsters ready. Obviously, he says he's had a, he's had a good summer, um, but he does think he's he's probably better off going out on loan and learning the men- the mentality of the game, the physical and mental side of it. Is that something you agree with, Stu? Yeah, definitely. I think there's um, no one benefits from sitting on the bench. Uh, it's great to be training at Newcastle with Rafa Benitez and his coaching staff, and of course that would benefit most players, but especially for a goalkeeper when there's only one place to play for. It's not as if you can play. It's part of a centre-half combination or can fill in at right-back. There's only one place to go for and there's no substitution for just actually getting out there and playing. As we know last year, the Championships, it's a good level, it's a physical level. 
um, and I think it'll improve him vastly as a player just, just to get out there and get those games under his belt deals with different situations different pressures different expectations and it means that Newcastle get a better player they've seen it de- develop over the years I saw with Tim Crow um, when he came on um, so with Steve Harper himself he benefited from mm-hmm. uh, periods out on loan um, I think it's a no, no-brainer really I think obviously Rafa's only concern is making sure he's got enough goalkeepers to have at the club to deal with any injury issues but hopefully that once they get that resolved I think Woodman will I think you'll get any number of clubs lining up to take him on loan. And obviously, working in it in the budget Rafa has to get the goalkeeper he wants, it might not be as easy as he's possibly hoping for. Yeah, it's been a really interesting one, hasn't it? Because I think there's no doubt that Adrian um, West Ham is a, is a sort of big target and stuff, but I think he he probably wouldn't be cheap. Um, you know, Pepe Reina was probably the number one target. He was the, he was the guy that they wanted. Um, but there's, there's there's a couple there's a couple of other sort of names just floating about. There's you know there's a guy uh, Udinese who's a decent goalkeeper as well. But um, it's going to be interesting because I think Rafa is Rafa's going to put he's going to throw a bit of meat on the table and just get the guys to battle it out. I think there'll be three or four of them, and it will be a kind of job of like right who who proves themselves because you saw last season he changed the goalkeeper three times last season. I've never known that in a Newcastle United season three times a goalkeeper to be moved you know it, it, I mean we're going back to the days of you know back to the days of kind of Shaka and Pav and all you know, but even then Mike they didn't Cooper. have three yeah. you know well they did have three didn't they in those days but that I mean we're talking about you know Rafa you know he's, he's goalkeeping he's got this kind of like um, little bit of expert analysis of goalkeeping he knows goalkeeping really well I think he um, I wrote a bit about it in my book you know he was Simon Smith said he really knows his really knows his onions. He's like a you know proper expert when it comes to goalkeeping. So he obviously wants somebody who's technically maybe a little bit of a step up from what from what he's got. But uh, it's interesting as well, isn't it? Because obviously he knows. Um, but uh, I, you know, I thought Carl Darlow had a pretty good season. But there you go. You know, he he's not sold on Carl Darlow, is he? Because he didn't start with him last season and he didn't finish with him this season. And he's seemingly happy for him to to go out. Um, the start of this season so you know Rafa obviously wants a different kind of goalkeeper I know we mentioned it before it was all about distribution um, but also maybe just being a bit stronger in the air and because his reflexes are fine aren't they Carl Darlow he makes some great so um, but yeah it's a really interesting one the goalkeeping thing I think we've you know we haven't seen it resolved yet obviously just going back to the budget a lot of questions on Twitter about where some outlets reporting at the start of the summer about 80 million 100 yep. million budget yep. and now most of important actually it's there's a constrained budget. I mean what happened there? What was did, did that was that ever a number that well, I don't think came out? I think we saw quite a lot at the start of the summer, didn't we? I mean Alan Shearer did a, an interview where he said hundred and fifty million was going to be the required amount that Newcastle would kind of need. Um, and I think we always said that, that was that was asking for a bit much. I mean they've spent forty million so far. The question is whether the budget includes the wage budget as well, of course, which is you know um, semantics really isn't it but I, I don't think there was ever like a huge budget I think and I don't think we ever I don't think in the Chronicle we ever were putting you know plastering 100 million 150 million across the fact is that the you know Rafa was told he could get have every penny from promotion now promotion means 100 million so you know it's all very well kind of people now sort of saying oh well you know we, we knew he wasn't going to have that much but it really depends I think probably on what on what you define on, on how you look at the moves now I don't think people ever talk about budgets in football I think that what happens is they go and they put a case to the board to say right I want this player he's worth this is the money there available and then, then, the, then the, 
chairman will go off and uh, go off and get it. But there is money there. That's the thing. It's funny. Like we talk about the budgetary constraints, and you know, one of the themes I think that has to be worked out a little bit is okay. Well, you know, somebody at the club will have to explain to us why they've only got 30 million, 40 million to spend. Because, you know, as much as that's now the message coming across, where is the money gone? Because they were prepared to spend money in January at one point. They had players lined up. They were going to sign Andros Townsend. You know, the money, it's not, it's all very well now saying, you know, people from the club now saying, well, it's 30, 40 million, we've, we've got this budgetary constraint. But, okay, well, you know, why is that if there's 100 million there? Now, personally, I think that the message has come down a little bit. The owner is, I don't think there's a, an awful lot of money there because I think they've spent a lot of money. I think probably last summer's budget was possibly like spent, they spent a little bit of what they would have had this summer. Um, but I, you know, I think something's, I think the goalposts have shifted a little bit in the summer, uh, which possibly explains a little bit of Rafa's early frustration. Now, as I said, again, he's recalibrated some of that, but I'm not convinced that I don't think when they sat down in um, at the end of the season that Rafa was told you've got forty million pound budget. I don't think that was what was said. They don't, they don't just get the hundred million in one big lump. No, nope. they, they don't just it doesn't just nope. arrive in the bank account. Though. No, they don't. They don't. But you get every penny that you make from promotion is a very kind of like interesting way of saying yes. what your budget is. Doesn't say when you get it. Though, no, it? no, no, no. And and the players that they were kind of, you know, it was not, we knew they were going to have to do things on a budget, and they weren't going to have the kind of fifty million. But I think what, probably what's ended up happening uh, is that there was a um, there was a kind of like bigger budget, but I don't think they expected the wages and the agents' commissions to be as high as they are. So that, that it has eaten away. You know, we say they've spent forty million in transfer fees, but the wages the agents' commissions and all of those things are probably soaked up in that as well. So they've probably spent closer to £60 million so far. Interesting. When I asked Mick Quinn about the way Newcastle approach the transfer market and whether there's a bit of arrogance, how they, you know, obviously the Lejeune deal took a lot longer than it should have done. And he said they're three or four years behind where everybody else is in terms of kind of maybe paying the going rate. Do you see that as... Do you, do you, or how would you see Newcastle's approach in the, in the transfer market, Stu? Yeah, I think we can't downplay the importance of missing out on that whole season of Premier League money. Um, not necessarily for competing with the teams at the top where a lot of people feel Newcastle should be, but just competing with the likes of West Brom and Bournemouth and Stoke, not just any of those clubs. But I feel they are now two, three years ahead, just in a bargaining position of where Newcastle are. And then certainly when it comes to buying in cheaper imports from abroad, well, if, the, if there's an interest in from other Premier League clubs, and again, Newcastle are already at a disadvantage straight away. Um, when it comes to the negotiation strategy, it does feel like they are a little bit slow to get things done. Um, saying that, they've now signed five players. Yeah, signed, summer, so, signed you know, fair, fair in amount. In all yeah. fairness, that's more than a lot of clubs have done. I think, it, obviously, you do focus on your club, but Tottenham haven't signed anyone. I think Palace have only signed one player. Um, so, I, I think it's slightly unfair, because you, you never know what goes on behind closed doors here. And they have got five deals through the through the door. Mm. Um, obviously, as Mark says, Rafa would like to have had a lot done a lot earlier, and perhaps there that did slow them up a little bit. But I, I think they've, they've made good progress so far. And don't forget, we've still got another month to go in yeah. the transfer window. So you yeah, know, they signed five players in a month. If they signed another five players in the next month, that's I that's still think, team in. as I said, I still think the big deals are probably to come for Newcastle. But I mean, it's just you know, it, it, again, you know. It, it, you know, we, we sh- we're looking forward, so I think it, you don't want to dwell too much on the past. But this is why it's so frustrating what's happened over the last five years because 
there was a unique opportunity for Newcastle United to cement their place amongst maybe the top eight clubs in the country because there was a lot of money coming in transfer from uh, TV deals. There was a lot of money coming in. There's been a lot of money coming in, uh, a lot of interest globally in the Premier League, which wasn't there seven or eight years ago, potentially. And Newcastle were in a position to be able to take make the most of that. Three, four years ago, they were ahead of Everton. They were even probably not a million miles away from Tottenham. They were kind of on that level. You know, they, were, they weren't, they weren't there. It seems like Southampton and things like that. They were hugely... I mean, Southampton were in League Two. Bournemouth were in the sec, uh, third division when Newcastle finished uh, in 2012. And Newcastle have, have frittered that away. So Rafa is basically, I think, built, you know, rebuilding a lot of the foundations that were you know, frittered away by incompetence and arrogance for a long time. And, and you know, so it's a long-term job, probably a bit longer than maybe we thought. Um, but, you know, a real shame that that's happened, but you've just got to kind of forget about it because it's, it, it has happened now and Newcastle will just have to look forward. Um, and if they hadn't have gone up last season and they hadn't have kept Rafa, God knows where they'd be. Yeah, and obviously one of the places where he is looking at as well, he's mentioned the, the academy and the youth system before. Uh, we've got Chris Woff down in Whitby, uh, where the you under-23s know, beat Celtic last night. So this is Friday night, Friday today, so they were playing uh, Celtic last night, Thursday. They, they won 2-1 with Tony getting a double. So we've got a bit from Chris Watt. Carl Roberts was excellent. A couple of assists really showed what he can bring. Looks like he's gained confidence from having gone and trained with the first team. There's a few flashes from uh, Victor Fernandez, but not quite uh, at the races at times. But even Tony, having missed... A couple of really good chances, took both his goals extremely well. First was a back heel, the second uh, was a comfortable finish. Uh, man the match by the sponsors was given uh, to O'Connor, the centre-back. Stefan O'Connor was just signed from Arsenal. He looked cool, composed on the ball, uh, very much a ball-playing centre-back, someone who likes to advance with possession. Uh, and he looked very good alongside Stuart Finlay, who was captain on the side against his uh, former club. And I think Peter Beardsley will take a lot of positives from the game. I mean, as we say, it's just pre-season friendly. You can't necessarily read too much into it, but uh, Newcastle under 23s have, have started this pre-season pretty well. It's obviously a big season for them. Check a trade trophy under 21 team will be entered in that for the first time by Newcastle. And we haven't really... Well, obviously Newcastle haven't been in that competition before. And it, my understanding is it's six under 21 players who have to be in there. Then you can have a few overage groups. So even some of the players in that squad who are pushing 22 will be able uh, to be fielded by Newcastle in that squad. The likes of Stefan O'Connor, uh, the likes of Joseph Yarny, who was on the bench but didn't come on. We expect to see him on Saturday in the final. Um, but it'll be interesting to see the makeup of this squad come that time because the likes of Ivan uh, Tony, we expect to go out and loan possibly within the next week or so. There's a lot of interest out there. Scunthorpe seem to be uh, lurking around again, as well as a couple of other clubs. And uh, he certainly caught the eye. He showed that he, he has the capabilities. And he's keen, he told me, he's keen himself to go back on loan or at least to play competitive football somewhere, be that Newcastle or elsewhere. Um, I'd also expect the likes of... Uh, Cal Roberts, uh, Victor Fernandez, if they really want to kick on this term, having gone away to, with the first team to Ireland, they are going to need game time. I think they'll all be pushing for loans. You, the scouts coming to all these under twenty three games, watching the Newcastle youngsters. Sean Longstaff's already headed out, um, and it'll be interesting to see who does get the jump. In terms of three to really watch this year in the under twenty threes. Before I even start that, I'll just put the proviso that some of them could well go out on loan. You need that asterisk in there. But um, one for me would be O'Connor. 
He's uh, at times his willingness to play out from the back can cause his teammates a little bit, a little few problems, mainly just because they're not as cool or composed on the ball as him. Uh, he's almost laissez-faire at times. He he over overplays it to a certain extent, but because he is more than comfortable in possession. But sometimes when he has overplayed it, he then gives it to one of his teammates who's not necessarily as competent on the ball. Issues can arise, but I think he's someone who there's certainly the uh, the bare minimum of 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 a very good player in there. I think that the component parts are there. Newcastle have identified something. He's keen to progress, and he's he's ambitious, just like uh, Joseph Yarny. Uh, second player to watch would be Victor Fernandez. He's already exciting uh, fans around anyone who's been to watch under twenty threes. He's very skillful. He also usually has an end product. Didn't quite happen from on Thursday evening, but he's someone who Rafa himself has, has, has looked at and thinks he has something about him. So I certainly think he'll be looking for a breakthrough, yeah, and to really push on. Uh, and then another one, probably a slight surprise one, I've already mentioned quite a few names, the likes of Finn Luca pushing, Yasin Belamon, he's obviously been in the first team, Carl Roberts. But the other player I'm going to pick out is an area of, which I believe is of strength for Newcastle and where Rafa's still looking to recruit. Is, is it goalkeeper? Uh, Paul Wollstone on Thursday night was excellent, made a lot of saves late on, kept Newcastle in it. I think he's someone who the club believe has a decent future. Uh, the goalkeeping department really from, from top to bottom Newcastle have a lot of very competent stoppers. Rafa wants to progress even further. He's never con- uh, content with what he has. That's fully understandable. But if there's one area of strength Newcastle have had over the last five to ten years, it's the amount of goalkeepers they've brought through. You just have to think the likes of Fraser Forster having left the club, done very well. Um, and Paul Wollstone's certainly one of them. So, yeah, so Gabby obviously mentions Tony, Carl Roberts, you know, but Beardsley, Beardsley's got kind of a similar issue to Rafa hasn't he, where he's got a lot of players in that squad which he needs to get needs to get rid of some whether that be on loan um, I mean is there anyone that stands out for you Stu that any names that you've seen mentioned this pre-season like the likes of Tony Roberts Fernandez anyone that yeah it was good to see Tony get on the score sheet because his he's Newcastle career never really kicked off yet has it um, yeah the Fernandez has impressed a few people so far um, it, it's all about taking that raw ability that a lot of these young lads have um, Elmani's got it, um, Dan Balazer, and translating that into something which is effectual during the 90 minutes of a football game. Um, I think there's plenty of kids have it at Newcastle. There's a, there's certainly a lot of talent there. Uh, it is a massive step up, though, from, from under-23 level into the, the first team. It'll be interesting with the Czech Trade Trophy this season. Uh, that puts their wits against some League 1, League 2 sides who would love nothing better to go around than to, you know, put themselves up against some what they perceive as being quite rich fancy down I don't know about that Stu I think the check <laughs> I think the checker trade trophy is really flawed but I think it's I think it'd be in, I think it'd be interesting but um I, I, I don't know I it's interesting from it from how the Newcastle yeah. youngsters respond to that yeah it? yeah definitely 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 I think it's I think it's great for the, I think it's great for the Newcastle Newcastle Academy that they're, they're, they're involved in it um, I think from a League One, League Two perspective, it's a little yeah. Bit you can you can understand that, but I mean, yeah. it, it, I think you, the, the point is they're playing against men. fully grown men, yeah. um, seasoned professionals in, in most cases. So it will be a chance for them to, to put a marker down. Do you think Mark? Obviously, last year we saw a few of them: uh, Stuart Finlay, Bollies. Uh, uh, I got the chances yeah. in the FA Cup. Do you think Rafa will be keeping more than an eye on on the proceedings? And if anyone does stand up, maybe like Fernandez, he might actually mm. say, "Well, do you know what? I could use him in, in this senior squad at any point." It'd be interesting to see who's retained 
in the squad for Germany because Fernandez obviously um, was went with them to Ireland. I think he's still one for the future. Obviously, he's, he's not going to be there because he's, he's he's at Whitby. Um, I think it's a massive ask for any of them to to step to step up. I think you know the quality. You know, there's some quality in that under 23s team. There is some good players, but it's such a massive ask to jump into the Premier League. I, I just can't see any of them coming in just yet. Um, we're talking about it being a big ask for the current first team to step yeah. up to the Premier League as it is, really, aren't we? No. I think I think it's massive. It's a massive ask. I think I'd like to see Dan Barlazer go out and get some first team football because he's talent. Um, he's a real talent. But again, you know, we've had him Armstrong, who's played a lot of games now, and he's been a regular in the under 19s. He obviously he's gone out to Bolton. Um, he's a long way away from Newcastle's first team. He'd be quite happy to admit that. Um, Freddie Woodman's the only one I can see challenging in the medium term for the first team can't really see any of the others just yet anyway but you know Paul Dummett came out of nowhere really didn't he you know Paul Dummett went away to St Mirren then came back in the summer did well and now he's you know he's a first team player so you never know but I think there are I think there's probably nobody quite ready to step up to Premier League just yet uh, apart from Woodman interesting how Finley does this year I think that's a big year for him yeah Um, he impressed a lot of people after coming down from Celtic um, but I think again he's still got a lot to do but I think he's in a, in a good they've position a to kick on yeah him. they've got a lot of centre-backs as well haven't they, they, yeah. they you know he, he's got a lot of competition there because you've got Lejeune's going to be the I think Lejeune and probably Lascelles will be the first choice pair and probably Clark will uh, challenge at left left back or I mean if Clark's there as well but then you've got Mbemba yeah. potentially who they are trying to sell possibly um, so yeah a lot of, lot of options at centre-back Fantastic. Well, um, there we have it. So we'll be covering, obviously, Newcastle in Germany over the weekend and the, the game against Wolfsburg on Wednesday. We'll have Chris Woff as well covering the Whitby, Challenge, uh, Whitby Town Challenge final, which is on Saturday, which is tomorrow evening. Um, so head over to chroniclelive.co.uk for all the latest on the transfer. Transfers and you know, anything else Newcastle United. Thank you very much. <laughs>